Hello. Hello once again, everybody. Welcome back to Further Review with Mark Ferrer and John Pelkey, the prodigal John Pelkey, back. Jeff Taylor, as always, our producer on the board. It's nice to be back at the show. I am. Um, I thought there was a one in three chance that I'd ever make it back. You would replace me. But uh, gosh, Mark, uh, thanks. Thanks for having me back on the show. Hey, thank no no problem at all. I think I think I'm doing something wrong. I don't know if people can hear. Can you hear this? Yes. Can you hear Gene Deckerhoff by any chance? No. We need a touchdown. Okay. Are you hearing Gene Deckerhoff? Yeah, I'm doing great. Yeah, it's it's Gene Deckerhoff, and I could hear it, but at least no one else could, and that's right. that's what's good. It's sort of like the uh, Are you smelling the 1968 toast? deep dive. Are you what's smelling that? toast? Are you smelling toast while you hear Gene Deckerhoff's voice in your head? I well, I, I am not. I am not. Luckily, I, I, I'm not I smelling toast. I can't fix the audio on this one, but I think Pelkey probably could do the Gene Deckerhoff audio for you when you play the clip. I could, yeah, I give I give it a shot. We need a touchdown. All right. Uh, feast or famine year for Gene Deckerhoff, I guess we could say, as the Ooh, radio wow. voice of the uh, the rapidly. Um, uh, shooting up the power rankings Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the darn close to being considered a junior college Florida State football program that he's dealing with. Yeah, that's that's a tough thing over there. It's uh they don't have a lot of talent, there's no doubt about it. And uh you know, the the Hurricanes certainly look good. The the uh, Gators certainly look good. What's the last time we had two teams in this state that were, you know, legitimate contenders at least in week 3 for uh, for you know, having a chance making the playoffs. Uh, it's been it's been a decade or more. There, there's no doubt about that. So uh, we'll talk more about that. We'll talk about college football because it was kind of the – I don't want to say that the other weeks were the pre-show, but now you got Southeastern Conference back into play. That that changes things, Mark. Even you would agree. It was a it was a the first big weekend of college football. Yes, that's true. It was the first big weekend of college football, and there was a you know couple of couple of surprises. There's no doubt about it. Uh, I think we can unequivocally say that the SEC will now have two teams in the playoff. Are you with me on that? More than likely, you yeah. know they'll have two teams. The ACC you, will, have, will have Clemson, and uh, yeah, you'll have Ohio State and Oklahoma once again. Uh, gets upset by Kansas State it's two years in a row. I mean, no one understands that. No one understands. What's the problem? It's well, I, you know, and and I don't want to pile on Oklahoma too much because, again, we, we talked about coming into this year and the way, you know, you didn't have the offseason that you normally have. You, you had shorter uh, training camp. Blah, period. Blah, blah. Well, I mean, <laughs> while while I'm making that caveat and saying that we all agree the first few weeks of, of college football we watched, you could tell that teams were still, you know, they, they really hadn't got enough practices under their belt. To your point, this is two years in a row for Oklahoma. So I don't think they can yeah. use that necessarily as an excuse, particularly losing to a Kansas State team, Mark, that lost to Arkansas State the week yeah, before. Yeah, that's the thing. The other, the other thing, the other point you make all the time, and I tend to agree, is that the Big Twelve is not to be taken seriously. The Big Twelve is a track meet each and every week, and you know, good luck if you're on the winning side of that. Good luck if you have the ball last, essentially. But, but, but Whoever the problem, has the ball last in the Big 12 wins. But the problem is, it's not even fun like the Pac-12, where, you know, the, the teams that end up 5-7 and seven, somewhere along the line knock somebody out of national championship contention. It just seems like in the Big 12, they're kind of top-heavy. You know, you get Oklahoma, you know, maybe in a good year, Texas is there. TCU has stepped up at, at times. We've had years with Baylor. But it's usually just a couple of 
the teams and then one of them gets by the other and they get into the playoff and lo and behold, they're just not, you know, they're, they're, they, they really shouldn't be on that stage. They don't play any times. defense. They don't play any defense. They don't. There's and, very and little. That's, that's not going to suit you in the postseason for whatever that's worth in the in, in the NCAA uh, postseason parlance. It's really not a postseason. It's a couple games. But uh, Texas might might do something this year. Yeah, but yeah Sam Ellinger oh, down they, there. Yeah, good. I mean, yeah, they had they had the ball last against Texas Tech. So they did. They, they won. They did. They did. But right, so- I, I, I like that. I like that coach. I like that team. Yeah, we'll talk more about that later. Uh, we we want to shout out to the Heat and the Lakers. That will be your NBA final going on over there at the, the place where Mark and I used to earn a living. We're never will again. Uh, ESPN Wide World of Sports. Um, they're carving the bust of Eric Spolstra as we speak, right? Well, now. I tell you what, you know, chemistry, they've talked more about that with that team and how they've gotten people to buy in. And, uh, you know, we all agreed that the, the – East was much weaker than the West. So having a team that's lower seeded coming out of East, not that big of a surprise to us at all. But uh, my goodness, they present a a formidable foe for anybody. I think it's going to be a fun series. Well, you say lowest seed. It's not that shocking. It's only the third time a seed that low since 1984 has made the finals. And it's the first time in NBA history where two teams are in the finals that were not in the playoffs the year before. Because if any other sport is like this, John, it's gradations. In the NBA, you know, for years, it was the Pistons trying to get past the the Celtics and they finally did. Then it was the Bulls trying to get past the Pistons and they finally did. It was like you had to earn your stripes and not this year. Now, granted, this year you kind of throw out the record books because uh, it's really who adjusted best to the bubble and who didn't. Right. Right. But, uh, you know, you say you say the consistency uh, of uh, of Miami and, and in a way even more than Spolstra and I hate to you know throw throw any shade on him at all. Why would I do that at this point? Uh, it's Pat Riley. Yeah. The man's been there 25 years yeah. and is now about to go to a sixth NBA finals and he he, uh, he has established a culture there that is um, to be you know to be admired and Pat Riley has to be looked at as one of the most remarkable figures in all of uh, pro basketball in the history of it. Because unlike Phil Jackson, he's, he's been he's been successful as a GM, you know. Right. I think there I think there's absolutely no doubt about that. And I, I think it also uh, points out, you know, when when Jordan left the Bulls and this whole argument of who's better. And I, and I, I don't want to get into that argument necessarily. But when he left the Bulls, the Bulls almost got to the finals the year after that. When LeBron leaves Miami, I mean, they they have to tank and they have to rebuild. I mean, it's the front office there was required to do things um, well for a pretty extended period of time, given where they sat. And what has it been? Uh, five years, six years, maybe the six. sixth, the sixth six season. Um, and it was a slow build up to it. But uh, I, I tell you, I would not sleep on uh, on the key. Oh, no, no. And the Lakers have, have looked good, but there have been periods. And you think about if you remember the first couple of games out of the uh, in the bubble, after uh, all the time off in the playoffs, we, the, we were questioning the Lakers a little bit. We didn't think they looked that great. So we'll see. I mean, I still don't, I, I don't think I could bet against LeBron and the Lakers in this, but I, you know, it is almost a pick them. The thing, the thing that's so uh, impressive about the Lakers is that if you look at the stats, rebounds, points, even assists, block shots, steals, AD, is almost right there with LeBlanc, with LeBlanc 
is what they call him. Uh, the kids LeBlanc. 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 In uh, Paris, of course, they call him LeBlanc. But um, Le Bubble, LeBlanc. They, uh, but but AD's been right there with yeah. them, and so and remember, John, these two teams. One is twelve and three in the postseason, and one is twelve and four in the postseason. Right. So something's got to give. It should be a very entertaining series. Yeah, I, I, I agree, too. I think it's just going to be a lot of a lot of fun. Celtics and Lakers would have been great for the historical implications of it. But frankly, I just think Miami presents a a, a better opponent than uh, than Boston does at this point in time. And I think you're going to get a better, better series out of it. So we'll talk maybe a little bit more about that. We'll talk about the uh, the NHL. Can the, the can the lightning close it out? Uh, Major League Baseball playoffs. Everything is set. They get started playing tomorrow. We'll look a we'll look a little bit at that and talk about who we think maybe got a bad draw uh, in in the playoffs, which is something I love to do. And of course, we'll we'll get into the week in the National Football League. If, if I could stop you just for a second with Major uh, League Baseball, okay. Remember how we were speculating that oh maybe it's going to be Dodgers Yankees and Lakers yeah. Celtics and it's going to be traditional stuff. Um, I never use that voice. I have a- <laughs> I believe if we have the tape, we could go. We could go back to that. Uh, in the NBA, we've got an unexpected team in the finals that we mm-hmm. didn't expect against an expected team from Southern California. And what if the same thing happens? An unexpected team from Florida meets the expected NL champ from Southern California. I, how shocked would you be if it's the Dodgers and the Rays? Not that shocked. World Series, exactly. Not that shocked. So yeah. that would be that would be a lot of fun. And I'll tell you, it's pretty good to be in Tampa right now. The Lightning are a game away from the Stanley Cup. You're right. The, the Bucks are easily top three in the NFC right now. Oh yeah. And uh, and obviously the Rays are the number one seed in the American League. I know that bothers Jeff because he inexplicably <laughs> hates all things Tampa. But uh, you, you, I, have, to, I, you have to tip your hat. I hate them so much that I didn't even think Rays Dodgers. I was thinking, is he going to say Marlins Yankees? <laughs> oh boy! Oh, man. it's amazing. See what happens when we're, we're just blind to something. It's amazing. And how, how will Dodgers fans feel when they lose yet another World Series to the Tampa Rays? My goodness! All right, uh, will, so we'll get into all of that. I will go to Tampa personally and celebrate and risk <laughs> life and limb. Because you know how those people are in Tampa. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That'll be a masked insight. All right. Let's let's uh, let's go ahead and jump into our progressive trivia, and then we'll look at this weekend. A uh, really, really entertaining day in the National Football League yesterday. And uh, as good a Monday night matchup as you could hope for tonight. But first, our progressive trivia. We are looking for a major, for a major baseball, baseball player, past or present. Here, then, your clues. I've spent... I've, it should say I've spent, that's, I think my, my, might be my fault there. I've spent 10 plus seasons in the majors. So it is a currently active player. Uh, career numbers, 295 batting average, 1500 plus hits, 230 plus home runs. I've played with Troy Glaus and Derek Lowe. Troy Glaus and Derek Lowe. And I've won a gold glove. All right. So Just there we one? go. Just one gold glove? Yes. Interesting. Yes. And Troy Gloss and Derek Lowe. <laughs> uh, you know, good good one. Those are good ones. Again, folks, when we do the played with and everyone I don't knows, think we need a caveat. I you don't. really don't. I, I don't think you're really working. Really it's a great one, by the way. Right. I love this one. Isn't it a good one? And it was a pain in the ass to to do for whatever reason, technically. Yeah. Every time I was trying to do it, it it just it just caused me a pain in the ass. And that's appropriate. 
Yes, yes, absolutely. By the way, I looked down at the email I sent you. It did say I've, so I can uh, take any responsibility from uh, away from my, that myself. I had nothing, oh, okay. nothing to do with it. My but bad. it's okay. No biggie. No biggie. We we mentioned. We said he's a he's a current player. It's a it's a good progressive trivia. And I have spent and I spent. It's interesting. The have makes the difference between past or present. I'm not sure how it does, actually. Uh, it just sounds like it. When you do a progressive trivia, it sounds like I spent sounds like, OK, I did that. I played and now I'm done with that. Uh, right. We'll As get into the I have spent. We'll get into the etymology of sentences. Maybe we'll do a little sentence diagramming later on. Think, that would be fine with Amanda. Me. I think Amanda, who is probably the most inside of anyone else uh, on this thread most days um, outside of Jan Ferreira. Uh, Amanda, maybe she can uh, help us with the proper grammar on that because she's telling you you got to pay and gig, John. It's time to get a haircut. No, <laughs> no, I'm not gonna do that. Not gonna do that. Ben, I don't ben, think you should. It thirty looks years, great. over thirty years of working for theme parks, and I had to keep my hair, you know, in that sort of theme parky way. Uh, Universal was not quite as uh, adamant about it as the Disney look, which has changed a little bit over the years, um, too slowly in my mind, but. Uh, I I'm, no, gonna, I'm taking the opportunity to grow my hair out as well, much you as I should, can. Because, I mean, I guess we're going to we're probably going to be called back any day right now. Right. Coronavirus is over in Florida. It's, over. it's all over. Yeah. <laughs> Second, we'll be called back. in. No, I think we're going to have our paying gigs again. I'm, I'm just counting them. Three, two. <laughs> oh, I've got my um, phone maybe, on silent for the maybe, show. So. Maybe not. OK, for sure. I'll, right. let, I'll let you know at the end all the texts I have about the back to work stuff, even though I did have a gig this weekend. And by the way, before we move on to thing, I'm already over time where I wanted to be. Nice job with the show on Friday. I got to watch a little bit of it while I was at my gig. It seemed darn entertaining. Uh, we had a great well, time. Well, you. What, what's, well, once again, I want to thank uh, Tom Marino. I want to thank Joe Connolly. I want to thank Brian Ascari, not Ascari. I uh, want to thank uh, Lenny, obviously, who uh, did a great, great job. want to thank my mom. want to thank Russ Ayers. Yep. Because, I mean, that, that those are the folks that made the show great. Jeff chimed in a lot. It was it was outstanding. Thank so it was a really a lot of fun. We, we shared memories of John Pelkey. And uh, we were surprised you were back today, actually. We thought yeah. that, uh, you know, you tasted the fruits of a better life. And you were going to say, what, what, what the hell am I doing? Hey, this hey. rinky-dink, you know. I had a paying operation. Gig. I had a paying gig, and they put me up in a hotel overnight too. See, so, I mean, everything. Kid, are you kidding? Everyone. They put you up overnight. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, yeah, that was standing, and, because, and, were, and you were in Lakeland. Yeah, but uh, like the first day, I had to get up really early. I had to be there at six thirty. So uh, you know, you give yourself an hour and a half to get over there. So I had to get up, you know, a little after four. Um, so they so offer they- hotels for the for the uh, Friday night because again, you have to be back six thirty in the morning. So. Leaving at seven at night, driving home and then driving back. It's something I certainly could have done. But, you know, take care of your talent, Mark. You and I both know we've had directors who do and don't take care of their talent. I would In have fact, to we've say directors that we love 90 percent. The 10 percent is not taking that good care of talent. I would say as a director, I did my best to take care of you did. Talent. You did. You took responsibility for th- I would make mistakes and you would call them your mistakes. Once I dressed you down from the stage and I just had a meltdown and you took responsibility. It was completely my fault. Uh, and you took full responsibility, which is which is the way I like it. Right? Which is the job of a of a director, like a sure. job of a coach. Sure. You know, I coach. I, I did a bad job coaching. If someone throws seven interceptions, you know, uh, Matt Nagy, you know, Matt Nagy says it's, it's all me. It's all me. I sh-, you know, we, we'll get to that. That's a great story, by the way. I can't and, I can't wait to talk about that because that's that's the perfect situation for Nick Foles. And I bet all Philly fans right now 
are cursing the day they let him go and chose Carson Wentz, who, inex- well, not inexplicably, we know why they had a love affair with Carson Wentz, who followed Donovan McNabb, essentially. We know why they fell in love with him, but <laughs> they're probably regretting that now. Well, yeah, boy, they've turned on Carson Wentz. And he has, and in fairness, he has not looked good. He hasn't looked good at all. Um, but here, you know, hey, Philly fans, you, you, you came out with a tie and actually improved your record in the <laughs> NFC East with that tie. So way to go. Big weekend for the, that's the Eagles' biggest weekend so far of the 2020 season. Just, just crazy. Just crazy. But. I have some specific NFL games I want to talk about. Just a couple, Mark. And you you want to weigh in on an entire division which uh, exists for an unknown reason at this point. But well, uh, let's it, exi- jump in. it exists to give a playoff team in, into the, uh, the into the field, which I think will they'll get there'll be a lot of arguments this year, especially if there's a team from the NFC West finished ten and six in last place and doesn't make it, you know, in favor of a seven and nine team, which. Would give a lot of a lot of argument to this idea of divisions winners automatically going to the playoffs. Yeah, and I know in the in the past they wanted it was really had to finish five hundred or better, but I, but I really think it's it, it's going to have to be a decision that just takes into effect that if if a team's only won eight games and there are two eleven game winners in a division or you know you, 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 how about you maybe, just the top seven teams regardless do, possibly. Do, do you think that if they do that, though, they've got to stop the playing inside the division? Because there is an argument for sometimes a division is so good that yeah. it's an SEC argument, actually. I mean, you play better talent, your record is likely to be less good than a team uh, than a team in a division that has three not-so-good teams and one great team. No, I, I think you would have to do that, frankly. I don't think there would be any choice. I don't think you could keep divisional play, and I know that uh, the, one of the concerns with that is traditional rivalries, but you can still build traditional rivalries into. You can still have those games each year, you know, but the thing is, I mean, it's, it's possible that the NFC West last place team is 10 and six. <laughs> and that's because they've played, you know, in the San Francisco 49ers case, they've played Arizona twice, Seattle twice, and the Rams twice. Whereas the Cowboys, if they finish nine and seven, they'll have played the Giants twice, the Giants. <laughs> They played a team who was playing their backups, essentially. They were playing all of their backups. Why did I know he'd get San Francisco talking? Well, I mean, come on. I'm just no, no, no. Jets. I agree with you. The, the Giants are a tire fire. The Jets and, are a tire fire. And, and the Eagles. And, I mean, your Redskins are gamers, but they're just that's, not that good I don't good know yet. what that – that's not what they're called. They're the Washington football team. No, they're gamers they're, in the sense that I think they, they try. You were saying the name, though. Just trying to get you out of the thing. Oh, it's right. like San Diego. When I every time, and I um, will do yeah, it. Really? Probably, I'm, we're not going to focus on them during this season. But I promise you, every single time we talk about the Chargers, I'm going to call them San Diego at least once. And I noticed also yesterday that all the announcers almost said the red name. Uh, so, well, we're not going to hold that against you. What I am going to hold against you is keeping me away from talking about this first game that I want to talk about, and that is please do last night's game between Green Bay and New Orleans. A very very entertaining game, and a couple of takeaways first for me. Uh, number one is worrying about Drew Brees' arm strength is just a stupid thing to do because he threw some balls yesterday that showed that his arm strength is great. Um, the problem that New Orleans is having right now is the fact that they, he has never been a push the ball down the field. He is not a deep pass. He is a um, 
he's going to have a high completion percentage, and they're going to get the ball in the hands of guys who can run in space, the Alvin Kamaras of the world, who, you know, just get them the ball in space. Uh, the problem is, is to do that, Drew Brees has to be completing around 70% of his passes, and over the last three seasons, he's been 72 71%. He's down to around 60 at this season. Um, particularly coming into last night. Uh, and he's still, the average uh, attempt per pass yard-wise is still like 29th in the NFL. That's the problem, as I see with Drew, Drew Brees. It's not arm strength. And, you know, listen, they were in that game last night against a very good Green Bay team that I want to ask you if they, you think they might be the best team in the NFC. Um, but they uh, they need to figure out a way to push the ball down the field more than they are. He can't drop off 10% in his completion percentage with an average throw of six yards uh, every time. That he, One of those two numbers has to go up, his completion percentage or the yards uh, per pass. Um, I don't think the completion percentage thing really is an age thing. Do you? I have a thought on this. Yes, please. No, what what I think it is, is that teams are taking that away because that's their only option. Without Michael Thomas in the lineup, without a deep threat to stretch the field in the lineup, makes all kinds of difference, Johnny. I, like, you take him out and you make sure, Kamara, you can contain him. The, even the dinking and dunking for New Orleans is going to be... At 60%, they're going to be teams are going to take it away. They don't have to worry about Breeze getting behind them anymore now. And I think it all comes down to Michael Thomas, to tell you the truth. And the fact that they've stayed in the, you know, and the Raiders game, you know, that there was a lot of hubris there too. I think mm-hmm. Sean Payton is guilty of that a little bit. Yeah, well, you've said that. that. I have. I, you don't, I don't you know, care for the cut of his jib. You never I, have. I really, I really don't. You I think don't he looks, like, you know what, you know what it partially is? Uh, uh, it's you, projection. You you always accuse me of being uh, anti anyone of faith. You always, you know, you admit it. I don't like somebody. Trevor Lawrence. Well, it's, it's the Trevor Lawrence it, thing. It's, I know. Everything it's, else is I, inexplicable about it. I, I just, I don't see it. I don't like the cut of his gym. But uh, for you. you like the fact that he believes in for, for, there's nothing a higher to, power. I don't care about the no. No, but you do not. You do not care for the Christians, the, John. I mean, that's the narrative everyone not, knows. Everyone understands not, that. You do is, not care for the Christians. Now, my, my whole point on all of this is you have an issue with uh, men over 50 who have remained in shape. And Ooh, uh, Sean and, Payton. And, and, and have you and, taken a look at his? Have you taken a look at him? He's still. Mm. I think he's. You know, the, the, the average person in I the could probably beat him. I could probably beat him in a forty-yard dash. Even the average at this person. Advanced age. Well, you do have deceptive speed. I, I really do. That. I but, really. Uh, I'm very fast. That's sort of well put together. That sort of well put together thing. Ah, that doesn't. That doesn't work for you. 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 You stray more towards the. Uh, uh, Abe Gibron sort of coach, you know, the guy who's coming in three, three twenty five, you know, Sansa belt shorts, uh, you know, just trying to just trying to hike them up. Uh, that's, I, I, that's more I, your coach. I appreciate your take on that. I, I do like, uh, you know, uh, inherit the wind. Spencer Tracy more than I do. Uh, 30s well, leading man, Spencer Tracy. Yeah. I do. Uh, but at the same time, I don't mind Pete Carroll. I don't mind Kyle. You know, I don't mind these guys that are put together. You know, Sean Payton was put together for a while, and then you can see he started getting puffy. He started. He started. We don't know. He does live in New Orleans. He started. So. He started enjoying the, the 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 pregame pops a little much. And I thought to myself, all right, now I, I get this guy. 
Look at his eye. He's puffy. His eye, his face is kind of misshapen. His 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 belly is distended. Wow. He's, My uh, goodness. He's he's taken to drink, and but he's acting as if he's still that old guy, and he's acting as if he's still 09, You know, savior of New Orleans, winning a Super Bowl guy, and um, I just don't care for it. I don't well, care for it. Let me let, let's talk about yesterday's game because the Saints were up seventeen to thirteen at the half. They were tied at twenty seven uh, at the end of the third quarter, and they let that get away. Aaron Rodgers is having a hell of a season. He is not not an interception yet. Nine touchdowns, nope. no interceptions. He's nope. completing the almost seventy percent of his passes, and he yep. obviously, quite obviously, does have a great downfield game. It's all about Jordan Love. It's all about. Um, that's what you, say. Oh, their plan is working to perfection. They used it once before, and now they're using it again, and oh, my God, it works. Okay. While I accept that there is uh, a minuscule possibility that, that is true, I think the bigger thing is just the second year with Matt LaFleur and the fact that those guys – uh, They're more insane. Rogers said it after the game. He's like, Matt was right there on his play calling, and I watched a lot of that, uh, saw a lot of it on Red Zone. Or, excuse me, watched most of that game uh, last night. And um, it, it, it was apparent that those guys are they're just operating really, really well together right now. And in the second year, which is what you would expect. I won't discount that a guy like uh, Rogers, who well documented that he he plays with a bit of a chip on his shoulder. He didn't have any uh, big schools looking uh, looking at him when he came out of high school, had to play Juco and then go to Cal. Listen, great school, one of the best, great to play in the Pac-12, but getting recruited to play quarterback at Cal is not the same as getting recruited to play quarterback at Ohio State or Notre Dame or Miami or, you know, it's you're, you're still, you know, just behind those big, big programs. Then he has to sit in front of everybody as Chris Berman constantly goes, they're still there. And you, you know, you have to put up with that. Uh, You can see where the guy'd have a chip on his shoulder. So yeah, maybe it helped a little bit. I think it really has to do with the fact that you right coach, right quarterback. And after years of, of him pushing back a little against Mike McCarthy's conservative scheme, um, I think he's just found a comfort zone. And and they're in sync a lot more than they were last year. When oh by the way they won thirteen games. So yeah, I think I think the Green Bay Packers are in good shape. I don't think though that they're a great team yet because I don't. I agree with Colin Coward on this one. I think they're probably a a weapon away. Don't disagree. Receiver wise, don't disagree at because all. Because Devontae Adams, who I really like, the worry is that he's a bit injury prone. Yeah. And they don't really have another guy like that. Whereas a team like and, and Seattle isn't perfect either. That no, that defense it's they can't t- get any pressure on the quarterback at all. They're giving thirty. They're giving away thirty points a game. I would say in the NFC, the most complete team, believe it or oh. not, is Tampa Bay. Because week one, it's all the things you brought up at the top of the show. No preseason. Brand new, brand new quarterback, brand new system. Brand Second new. year under a head coach, too. I mean, they're still, you know, novices really under Bruce Arians, frankly. But, but that defense reminds me a little bit of the 49ers in the sense that that front seven is pretty, pretty brutal, pretty tough. Yeah. Brutal in a good way. That secondary is young. So the back end is a little bit more up in the air, but they're young. So they could really come together quickly and they're very athletic. And, and on offense, they're loaded. They are yeah. loaded, and there's so many weapons. Tom Brady, I don't know how many different players he threw to yesterday, but you know he only threw twice to Mike Evans. 
Yeah, I, he had like both six, were touchdowns. <laughs> he had like six or seven receivers with two or more receptions. I think Gronk had Gronk had six, so obviously they're finding their yeah. rhythm again. So yeah, I, they get on. You know, they are getting on the same page, John. And I don't think there's any. I don't think there's a weakness on that team yeah. unless you're talking about inexperience in, on the back end of the defense. Whereas Green Bay has a weakness, I think, and Seattle has a weakness, and those are the other two teams that you would talk about in terms of. At the moment, you know, Super Bowl contenders. I don't think Chicago is considered a Super Bowl contender. No. The Rams, I think that's still up in the air. I actually think Kyler Murray is still the second-year quarterback through through three picks against the Lions yesterday. Yeah, Yeah. I I was going to say. The Niners are, are, you know, fielding a uh, B-squad. Yeah, B-squad still come away with the victory yesterday. Says something about the Giants. Yeah, I I was going to point out that Green Bay has beaten the Vikings, the Lions, and then that game against the Saints. And I think the Vikings are having one of those years. It looks like Kirk Cousins is just having one of those years. Um, I don't know if he's fallen off the table, as some guys do, or if it's just a bad year for him. The Lions are the Lions. Uh, They did get the win yesterday over an Arizona team. That's a real sexy pick for people. So it's a really good win for them. But, you know, the Lions have a good quarterback in Matthew Stafford. They've just never been able to put the whole thing together. And he's, you know, Matthew Stafford reminds me of a, gosh, I always bring up guys like Dan Pastorini and guys who were really good quarterbacks, but they just really didn't have postseason success. Pastorini obviously got there a few times. But just because the teams around them uh, weren't great. Um, so, yeah, Green Bay is averaging 40 points per game, though, I think we need to point out. Um, Monday night, right. they take on the Falcons. So my question to you, Mark, is how many points up will the Falcons be when Green Bay begins their comeback? They'll be up uh, probably, well, they'll begin their comeback for real. They'll be fits and starts like there always is with a Falcon game. But they'll be behind by over two scores like uh, the last two teams have been. It's been 15 points, I think, in the fourth quarter Yeah, that has happened with the Falcons twice. But you can say if there's an 80 over-under with that game, Atlanta, although Green Bay, you know, Green Bay's okay defensively, but I would take the over on that one. Um, that would, you know, we'll see what happens. The poor Falcons, I, I feel bad. They could, you know. Those last two, they talk about grabbing defeat from the jaws of victory. Just at rough. Least, at least you didn't have the ridiculously uh, embarrassing play, individual play that the, the the onside kick was in this one. But again, you know they stuck with this one on uh, with that one on on, on red zone, and the, the announcers are just consistently wait. This can't happen again, can it? We can't see this two weeks in a row. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, you, you feel very bad for and, them. And, Later and on I, love, I love the fact that a 3-0 and team is probably going to switch quarterbacks. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, we're going to talk, actually, you brought up Dan Quinn. We're gonna, I'm going to ask you the question, hottest seat between two coaches, and see who you think it is. We'll do that a little bit later. Uh, the Saints have Detroit next. Uh, that, that is their next game. And as mentioned, we're going to see Green Bay against Atlanta on Monday night. The other game that I wanted to talk about, and then we'll get to your division, Mark, was uh, Buffalo and Los Angeles, and Buffalo and the Rams. Uh, Buffalo moves to, to 3-0. and uh, The Rams uh, come back from a 25-point deficit and almost win that football game yesterday. Again, I do not believe in moral victories necessarily, but West Coast team going on the road, getting behind like that and looking like every bit like the cliche of a West Coast team going on the road against a good football team. I think we all agree. Buffalo is a good football team. And by the way, they're built for cold weather with Josh Allen and that cannon of an arm that he has. So they could do a lot of damage. Uh, But I think walking away from that, you can be a Buffalo fan and a Ram fan and feel pretty good about your teams. 
No, I agree wholeheartedly. The uh, the thing you love the most, John, adjustments. Adjustments. Um, Sean McVay made some great adjustments, one, and two, stuck with the strongest element of his offense, which is the running game. It's, he's, like, he's like Shanahan in the sense that it's sort of a run option. You know, it's, all, it's, it's the run that sets up the pass. It's not the other way around. And the running game, they've, they've got it put together. I mean, they're getting a lot of yards on the ground, and they stuck with it even though they were 25 points down. They made adjustments on defense. That's where a lot of the adjustments came. And so, yeah, if you're a Rams fan, you got to feel pretty darn good about the fact that you weren't just boat race like it looked like you were going to be, just completely torched, and, and which I think, is what was happening in the first half. Yeah, and I think the other thing that we had talked about before was the Rams were so disappointing last year because they didn't get to the uh, – because they'd been the defending NFC – they were the defending NFC champions, and uh, they didn't get to the playoffs, and they certainly had – particularly early in the season, they didn't look that good, and people were starting to talk about Jared Goff, and I, I think it's it was apparent towards the end of last season that team started playing much better. Um, they had, I believe, again, the cliche hangover after a year when a team that might have been accelerated a little bit. We didn't expect them to get to the Super Bowl that year. We thought they would be a good team. They kind of they kind of hopscotched over. You're bringing up the NBA uh playoffs for a bit you know team sometimes team has to get in and then you know they're happy to get in and then they you know get in as a wild card they pull off an upset and then you're the favorite and i think the rams maybe skipped a step there but uh i i'm telling you there's dangerous for anybody in football um with that offense uh with jared goff running sean mcveigh's offense they are going to be a tough out for anybody Mark, i'm going to call an audible are you all right omaha omaha we were I just can't spend, wait. I we can't wait. Spend, I think the show should be called Audibles because I think it should be. It sh- we we should you know ostensibly have a rundown every show and then just Audible out of it and actually time. put the rundown up at the beginning of the show to let everybody know we're going to talk about and then Audible out of every single one of those things. out of every one of the topics. I love it. Our next segment was going to be about. We we're going to talk a little more about NBA. We're going to talk about NHL. Talk about Major League Baseball playoffs. I think we should do the progressive and come back and talk more about the NFL. And then we'll pick up from there because I want to I talk to you about undefeated teams. I want to talk to you about coaches on the hot seat. And I want to get into your your idea that the NFC East is essentially the big sky conference. All right. So we're going to we're going to do our progressive truth. We'll give you a second set of clues on our we're progressive thinking of uh, asking FSU actually to join. <laughs> wow. Uh, could mm, oh boy. Giants versus FSU. New York Giants versus FSU. What do you think? Uh, I think the Giants would be about a six-point favorite in that game. All right. Um, all right, here we go. First set of clues. I spent 10-plus years in Major League Baseball. I've, I've spent 10-plus years in Major League Baseball. My bad. Career numbers, 295 batting average, 1,500-plus hits, and 230-plus um, home runs. I played with Troy Glaus and Derek Lowe, and I've won a gold glove. All right, second set of clues. I'm a four-time All-Star. I hold dual citizenship. Frowned on by a segment of society. I've played 162 games in a season twice. That was a very surprising one for me because you don't find many guys who play 162 games anymore. And for a guy to have done that a couple of times is pretty um, pretty surprising to me. Although, you know. Yeah, I know. I, I know what you. Yes. Yeah. Don't stop. Don't give them any more. But I still, know. it's still even even given I hear that. You. I hear even you. given that. I thought that was an interesting stat. Good Postseason job. numbers: a two eighty six batting average, but two home runs, two RBI. Hmm. That says a couple of things, I think. If you um, well, if you think about it, certainly All says right. one huge thing. 
Yes, certainly does. All right, let's jump back into uh, the NFL, and I want to go ahead and get onto your topic because when I said there are two games I'd like to just briefly talk about, and we'll maybe touch on some others, I said, are there any games you want? And you said, I want to talk about the NFC East. Normally, it's me, and you chastise me for it on the show, off the show, on the message boards, on the podcast that talks about inside this podcast that I've never been invited to be on that you do with your children and people from high school that you know, called Twain Heart, Inside, After Further Review. Um, you, you, you kill me on always going to the negative. So I said, Mark. That's true. Why in the hell do you want to talk about the NFC East? There's no point. Weren't the exact word you said, but that's okay. Philadelphia tied Cincinnati and improved themselves in the NFC East. Why would you want to talk about that? Yes, it was the best performance by any NFC East team <laughs> yesterday. It was, it was the tie crazy. Where Philadelphia did not even try to win. The coaching calls were all about maintaining a tie uh, against Cincinnati. And we can talk about performance. We yeah, we can talk about how we feel about that too, about the how he coached the end of that. I have some criticisms, but it's not the one that everybody else has. But please continue. He's getting a lot of criticism. Carson Wentz is getting a lot of criticism, uh, and I think just justifiably so. I, you know, going to the negative today is the exception that proves the rule, John Pelkey. Yeah. Every now and then, you have to do that. Okay. It's I said it's a fascinating story because you don't normally hear this. It's not normally this bad the last time it was this bad out of the gate and potentially this bad throughout the course of the season depending on the cowboys because i think all of us think the cowboys have a pretty good roster and while they're lucky to be one and two as opposed to zero and three they held up pretty well against the, the seahawks even though they allowed 38 points whatever it was 37 points 38 points and um you know they haven't shown in any ability to play in defense. That's but, yeah. But yeah. Uh, uh, the last time, the was last 2010, and I know I'm doing a lot of San Francisco talk. This was the NFC West. 2010 is when Seattle finished seven to nine and won, and actually beat the defending Super Bowl champion New Orleans Saints in that first playoff game in Seattle. That was the big uh, Marshawn Lynch run. Yeah. Which, what do they call that? Some sort of earthquake thing. What do they? Beast the quake mode. by the lake or the I don't I don't some remember. sort of bee some sort of bullshit <laughs> sort of Seattle man you, you know any self-aggrandizing by Seattle and Mark is just that makes Whoa. him more and look at he's knocking over his computer it's Yikes. it's pure he just any yeah. sort of self uh, ref, uh yeah self-aggrandizing you know look at what we've done and it just makes you so angry I know. I apologize. No, it's it's, okay. it's unseemly. It really is. That's uh, but but it but we don't see this often as, as my point. Maybe once a decade, and this is r- remarkable. Now now Washington to me, um, I think they're gamers because they they try. I, I don't think Haskins deserves the the hate he's getting. It was his tenth start. I I think that they're you know they're going to be a pretty good team. I don't know what the status is on Young. In terms of his, he hurt his groin. Injury. He hurt his groin, and I think they said day to day. Okay, it seems so it doesn't seem like it's okay. Well, know, that's that's huge. that's hopeful. Uh, but but Washington is sort of where we thought they'd be. Yeah, I think we can all agree. Yep. Philadelphia is nowhere near where we thought they'd be. Agreed. Now they're they're dealing with injuries, but so are other teams. Right. I would argue there are other teams dealing with more injuries, and I think we all know who. I don't know. I don't know too many teams that have a starting quarterback who is considered an established starting quarterback who's playing worse. 
I'll say that. Yeah, and I think the coaching and I think the uh, overall play of Philadelphia is very surprising. No one thought they would come out looking this flat. The Giants, everyone thought they'd be bad, but I don't think they thought they'd be this bad. I mean, literally, the Niners had nine starters out yesterday. Mm -hmm. Nine. (laughs) And they got... They did. They lost by four touchdowns. Yeah, at home. Never I know that clo- doesn't matter now, but still, I mean, it never seemed close. And and then you've got the Cowboys, who are one and two, lucky to be one and two, mm-hmm. uh, and who remain a mystery, who remain an enigma inside of a riddle, or whatever the Pesci line is in JFK. Yeah, it's it's actually a uh, it's actually I believe a Churchill comment about russia it's an enigma wrapped inside a question in you know in a small tuscan village i don't know i don't remember where there is i believe the tuscan village that's the one thing i think was right on it is a (laughs) winston churchill loved the tuscany he didn't he didn't want to go to the sea like me he wanted to go to tuscany like you and your wife i want to go to tuscany see now it just becomes a jfk because i'm reading a new jfk biography it's just going to go to that so i will not attempt to churchill Ooh, a new one yeah don't get off track. Right, so, Stay with the NFC East. So I don't know about the Cowboys, but <laughs> but right now I know that it is possible. Now, granted, the Cowboys have three winnable games coming up, according to everyone, but I don't know. They play the Browns. The Browns are 2-1. and one. I don't necessarily think that's a win. Remember when they, they were sexy? Uh, they Remember, the before the season? Remember before the season, the Browns? I said well, this they're two yesterday. They're, yeah. But everybody's now, but everybody is saying, well, they're lucky to be two and one and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, well, didn't you say before the season that you thought they would improve? And and seemingly they have. Yes, they have. Take yes for an answer, people. I don't think that's a, that's a gimme. I think the Giants is a gimme. And then the next game after that is a game where I think they're completely going to lose. And Joe Connolly can tell me who the uh, the third game is that they're playing in it because everyone's thinking, oh, well, they're going to get right in the next three games. We'll see. I don't think so. I think the Cowboys are who we thought they were. I thought they were going to improve. They've they've gone up and down, up and down, up and down in Dak's four years. I think mm-hmm. this was an up year. I thought they'd win 10 or 11 games, and they may still. They may they still. But it is possible, John, that there's a 7-9 and nine team coming out of this division, and there's a 10-6 and six team somewhere else that doesn't make the playoffs. Yeah. More than likely in the NFC West. Mm-hmm. To Jeff's point, with playing the NFC West schedule twice, twi- every team twice, as opposed to playing, you know, finishing yeah. seven and nine whilst playing, you know, an ACC schedule essentially. Ooh. So, I don't know. I don't know if this is the year that people really think about that. But the 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 NFL is slow to move, slow mm-hmm. to change. And for any sort of not realignment, but for any sort of division realignment or league realignment where it's just all about whoever has the best records. Yeah. Because it really does seem like a crapshoot. Right. You also and, and want I know every games. year it seems like a crapshoot, but it's it should it be like that? I don't let me but let me play, you know, let, let's just as always follow the money in these situations. And the NFL playoffs are always going to be popular and people NFL is you know, the King. And even when people are talking about their, their ratings slipping, there's still people watching them in record numbers on other platforms and everything. The NFL is the gold standard when it comes to sports on television. But I think part of it, Mark, is the fact that they don't want every team to be from a geographical area. They don't want all the teams from out West 
And then no teams in the South or no teams in the Midwest or whatever or a limited amount of teams. Uh, they like it. You know, the, the NFL is built for parity and they like that 50 percent turnover in the playoffs every year because that gives everybody this side of Cleveland and Detroit hope g- going in and out of a season. Um, and I think part of it is, too, that's just like, well, we we really need a team out of the NFC East when I think it's easily arguable that there are maybe double digit teams that are better or at least playing better in the NFC than any team in the NFC East. I, I think Dallas, if, if I had to pick somebody at this point, and I didn't expect uh, Philadelphia to be this bad to play this poorly. Um, I would pick Dallas because I think it, it's undeniable right now. They have the best roster. I mean, there's no doubt about that. They do have talent. I, I don't think they're, I think they may be less talented than everybody thought they were and in an, Oh, what they would be Mark, if they had that um, great wall of Dallas that they had for three or four years ago, when they had that offensive line, that was just, you know, the best that we'd seen for, you know, maybe a decade or a decade and a half. Um, but I, I still think they're the, they're the odds-on favorite. Um, no, they they are, and it's and it's because they play in that division. Joe Conley and I think just gave us their decent. their schedule. They're fine. They're a good team. I think yeah. they're a pretty good team. Lower end good team. Yeah, a lower end good team. I mean, the next five games, there are three games that they're definitely going to win because they're playing the NFC East. Yeah, they're playing the ACC. They're playing the Giants, the football team. And the Eagles. Yeah, I know. So that's what it is. What do you do? You know, when you say when when you're just going by the nicknames. All right, they're playing the Cardinals. They're playing the Rams. Say Washington. It's they're playing just the say Bears. Washington. Just say Washington. I think they're playing the football team. <laughs> you can do that too. People say that as well. They're also playing Arizona. That was that game you threw in there. And again, Arizona inexplicably losing yesterday. But I think if you look at that, you look at to your point, Kyler Murray, three interceptions. I, I think youth. Youthful quarterback, instead of saying young, youthful quarterback, second season, how many starts does he have under his belt? You're going to have three interception games, and particularly if you play a sort of wide-open style of football. <clears throat> they have Cleveland and Arizona are the non-NFC East teams. And those are not easy outs. No, and but they, they are winnable, but they're not easy outs at all, in mm-hmm. my opinion. But the ones that are easy outs are from the, from the NFC East slash ACC. All right. Because it's just a joke of a division at this point in time. Okay. Uh, Sorry. All right. Fair enough. You've trashed on the division. You've shown the shown the dark side that I knew existed, uh, and others may not. Have. Oh yeah. Um, all right. I want to talk. No, it's uh, the exception that proves the rule that says there's something there. <laughs> okay. It says there's uh, some darkness there, people. I want to talk about the undefeated teams in the NFL and see what you think about where they stand right now. Um, in the AFC, it's Buffalo, Pittsburgh, Tennessee, Kansas City, and Baltimore. Of course, Kansas City and Baltimore are both two and zero, and they play tonight in one of the best Monday night matchups we've seen in a long time. Um, of those four teams, who do you have the least, um, confidence in? Well, again, I have had the least confidence in Tennessee the entire time. And every week they proved me wrong. Although I did pick Minnesota to at least cover and they were given, I think, two and a half, three points. And I did win that. And we, I do have a locks and shocks slide, by the way, but you know, it's just results. And I know we haven't done this before, but of course I'm well in the lead, which is why, of course, I, I put that up. But um, it, it it should be, you know, it, it's the least we can do for our listeners. Sure. No, I, I, I have no problem. I am not an it's, ultra competitive it, guy. I it's not the least okay. we can do is to, and, and, and it's only week three, John, there's plenty of time and there's sure. only a few games back, but um, 
I would say Tennessee. I would still say Tennessee. Now, I will point out, because I, I looked at this, and I want to see who everyone beat. And certainly, uh, of, of those teams, the teams that are 3-0, and let's throw out Kansas City and Baltimore, because I think we both agree that they're kind of the class of the league. Yeah, no doubt. Um, Buffalo has beaten the New York Jets, which, face it, the three of us, eight other people playing both ways, we could keep it close versus the New York Jets. Uh, they beat a Miami team that's pretty game. That's a pretty game uh, team. Um, and they beat the Rams yesterday after giving up 25 points, but still hanging on and winning that game. Pittsburgh is 3-0. and We really haven't talked a lot about the Steelers. We thought with a healthy Ben Roethlisberger, who's looked good, they'd be okay. But they've good. beaten the Giants, the Texans, who, boy, how much could they use Hopkins at this point? Well, I, I don't think they're... I think they're the best 0-3 team by far out there. You probably. I, I think they're close. And Denver, with backup quarterbacks, they're just, you know, that's... So they, they really haven't won a, a particularly impressive game. Um, so and those what about th- Tennessee? Uh, Tennessee has beaten Denver, Jacksonville, and Minnesota. Yeah, so... But, you know, Minnesota was a playoff team last year, and uh, you know, so they're, they're common uh, they're common opponents. Uh, Denver, uh, Pittsburgh beat Denver 26 to 21. Tennessee beat Denver 16 to 14. But that's sort of given their M.O. a little bit is that Tennessee is going to be a lower scoring team. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I would agree with you on that, Tennessee. But I, I actually uh, I'm beginning to believe in Tennessee a little bit. I think that uh, in that uh, in that division, which. Indianapolis certainly played better yesterday, and maybe Philip Rivers gets more uh, uh, more time with his receivers and that offense. They may they may improve, but I think the Texans, yeah, they're a good zero and three team. But I, I just think there's been too much of a, a, a talent drain. Hopkins alone, a talent drain on the, and it's a lot to ask them to do what they seemingly do every year, which is we write them off and then they, they come back and surprise us. I mean, they have started the last two years 0-2 and made the playoffs. So sure. now they're 0-3 yes. and, and not many teams start 0-3 and, and make the playoffs. All right, let's jump over to the NFC. Uh, three three teams, obviously, are 3-0. and Green Bay, Chicago, and Seattle. Um, that's an obvious one in terms of the weakest team. However, that's the one team that I think of those three teams we learned more about this weekend. Then, then we did. Uh, we learned more about Chicago than we did either Green Bay or Seattle because Seattle, we saw what we see in Seattle, and that is that Russell Wilson, who is the best football player on the planet, I'm going to stick with that. Uh, I'm going to say to this point, I would take him for a season over Patrick Mahomes. I know a lot of people think that's crazy, but I would take Russell Wilson if it's like you. You've got to win this year with this team. Obviously, long haul is a different story because of age. Green Bay, we saw more of what we thought with Green Bay. As to your point, they might be a a, a big threat wide receiver or or even even just a monster possession wide receiver. Something, uh, uh, one little uh, offensive piece away from being a great football team. Uh, and their defense is what it is. It's it's. Good enough when Aaron Rodgers is having uh, success. But Chicago, who beat Detroit, the Giants, and Atlanta, and, you know, in, in typical Atlanta fashion, well, the reason I say we learn more about them is we got to see Nick Foles finally with that offense. Do you believe that that is going to be who they go to moving forward? Or are you of the mind that you have to give your young your youngster one more chance, because once you pull the rug out from under him, he's no longer your quarterback of the future. Do you agree with that? Uh, or do you think uh, 
do you think that you just go to Nick Foles? By the way, a couple of uh, guesses. Uh, I'll just throw out there that we had a couple of guesses on our um, progressive Carlos Santana and Julio, Julio Franco, neither of which are correct. Uh, that's, that's a very good question. Because on the surface of it, we know Nick Foles' history. We know how that he's the Earl Morrill, the Don Strzok guy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's, he's the Matt Moore, actually, in more recent times, who could come off the bench and uh, light it up. Nick Foles has actually done that in the past uh, with Carson Wentz down for injury and, uh, <clears throat> and won a Super Bowl, was a Super Bowl MVP, by yeah. the way. So uh, he might even be better than those guys sure that you mentioned. Worth- those guys that you mentioned were guys who seemingly would come in for a game or maybe two, but he had a run as a starting quarterback. And that's, we didn't see a lot of that out of uh, Strock. Um, and who was the other, who was the second uh, person that you said? Uh, no, the, uh, the other one was, uh, I, I oh, said Earl Morrill. Earl Morrill Earl yeah. Morrill did actually was an MVP in 1968 of the NFL. So he was, he's probably the closer guy to look at because he had to step up during injury and had an MVP season and full stepped up and was a Super Bowl MVP. But yes, to your point, we do know that he works off the bench very well. And also I should say this as a, as a caveat, I, the team, the division I was talking about in case people were confused or not listening was the NFC West in 2010. It was the Seattle Seahawks at seven and nine, which I've already mentioned that beat the saints yeah. So yes, they beat the Saints in that first game with Marshawn Lynch. They then they were the defending Super Bowl champion. Right. So yeah, the, that's 2010. That's 10 years ago. So uh, that's who I was uh, talking about uh, on that. In case anyone was uh, confused about that, but was uh, there confusion? Was there confusion? I, I, I believe there was, unless okay. I saw the, unless I ta- saw the text oh, later. Jeff was a bit confused. I get it. Because he's got to uh, like, he's doing a lot of other stuff. He's doing a lot of th- things. He's diving and, in and, and out. And why would he listen to us? Really? I don't. Why listen would to he us. listen to us? So I get it. I do get it. I just wanted to clear the air that that's that's what I was referring to uh, the last time that happened was 10 years Got ago. Got it. And uh, so in terms of Nick Foles, I think in the end, Johnny, if I were Matt Nagy, and I'd love to be Matt Nagy, although it's kind of cold in Chicago, but uh, that'd be fun. Good ground to be cold in, though. And, and, be and, cold and you know Sorry. what really, does someone like me, do I really want to be a head coach in the NFL? I mean, oh, it's, it's very detail-oriented. And, it, would be, and, and it's just too, there's just so much work. Yeah. It's like people have to spend the night on the cot. Now, granted, kind of an all or nothing guy. So maybe it's like, you know, everyone screw you. I'm just going to watch film. I don't want to deal with anything except that. And I'm yeah. going to sleep on the couch. And if I, you know, but uh, if I were Matt Nagy, I would say that I got to stick with Nick Foles. I mean, the yeah. Mitchell Trubisky experiment. I think we, I think we know the answer to this thing. Yeah. And I know to your point, it's a good point if you want to keep his confidence. And that's why I think it was a good call that it, that they that he got the starting gig coming out of the gate. Yes. I think that was a great call. And I think that's why, frankly, because I all, agree. all reports were the Foles was probably outplaying him. So I agree with that. And I think that was a great call. And then Matt Nagy also knows in the back of his head that Foles is best when not named. This, you know, he, he saw what he did in Jacksonville. Right. Coming off the bench, Nick Foles is, is at his at his best. Yeah. I would stick with Nick Foles. How yeah, about you? I, uh, yeah, I think you have to, too, because you're three, and know, um, the NFC, as we've talked about it, is, you know, the NFC East, we're getting one team, whether we like it or not, out of the NFC East. 
Um, what we've seen with the West is though we think it's the the uh, certainly the best division. We've also seen that with all of those injuries, can San Francisco maintain enough momentum and continue to play well enough not to sink? Because I honestly think with all those guys gone, if San Francisco ended up nine and seven or eight and eight, that would be a pretty damn good result giving all, given all the guys that they've lost. Uh, Arizona may not yet be ready for prime time. So you may, as the Chicago Bears, if you can eke out 10 wins, you're in the playoffs. Perhaps. Yeah, more than likely. Um, so, yeah, I think that really is the, is the thing, even more so than the Mitch Trubisky. And listen, all reports on Mitch Trubisky is that he is a good dude and that he is pretty mentally tough. And, you know, in a town like Chicago, where they're hard on their quarterbacks, I, I don't know why they would be. I mean, they, they haven't even seen good quarterbacking since the Second World War, really. Um, no. They, you're, you're um, right. Except for 1985, and he just wasn't bad. McMahon. No, he was solid. He, he was a solid quarterback, Jim McMahon. Um, but I think really it comes down to that, where you, you have to worry less about Mitch Trubisky, because maybe he's just the wrong fit. He's not a big-armed guy, and he's in a cold-weather city. As Colin Cowherd was talking about uh, the other day, and a number of I've saw a number of guys who who said that about Trubisky that he might work in a warm weather weather city, probably not made well for Chicago. But I think you have to go with Foles. All right, before we move out of this subject, Mark, as as I audible and we got away with from everything, and, and, I, and I want to mention one thing that we are we we forget about so easily. They were twelve and four two years ago. Khalil Mack had a. All world year, yes, he did. Just a, just two years ago, yeah. And they were eight and eight last year. This is not a bad team. This is right. a team that made the playoffs, and people were scared of and, and beat beat the Rams that went they beat the NFC champions that year late in the season. Shut them down. So if that defense can come back to into form and that offense can control the ball with Nick Foles. Who knows what the Bears can do this year? Yeah, yeah. And again, the NFC is not, you know, in the AFC, you think a team like that sneaks in, they're going to be one and out. In the NFC, I'm not so sure about that. I'm really not so sure about that. Uh, okay, before we move away from this, I was going to ask you, first uh, coach to be fired, will it be Dan Quinn or will it be Adam Gase? Oh, Adam Gase. There's no yeah, doubt about yeah. it. And, and Matt Patricia bought himself another week or two. Yes, I think he did. With the, with the win, but Adam Gase is by far the hottest seat out there. Now he may I will go say, after a week or two from now. Now, let me say this though, about the jets. I, I will say this because I looked at these two and what I did, I looked at when I used to have the power rankings, one of the things that I brought into those when we did the radio show was um, the Ferreira pole and the Pelkey power. Let's, power let's bring that back. We, maybe we need to, maybe we need to, maybe we, maybe do it like um, this is our first NFL season in our podcast. Why not? We should wait a few weeks in. Football season. We oh, wait yeah. a few weeks in, just like, but maybe, maybe in our like sixth week of the season, maybe we jump in then with like ten games left to go. Um, but, but I looked at this, and this may tip the scale a little bit. Not, not that I, I agree with you. I think Gase, because the discussion to get rid of Gase was there before, and I know Quinn has taken some heat from where they've been, but he still isn't defending NFC champ, excuse me, defending, but he has won an NFC championship. Yeah. And they easily could have won those last two games that they lost. And this would be a completely just different discussion. Yeah. But um, they are um, minus 18 in point differential right. are the, uh, are the, are the Falcons. So they're, you know, three games, less than a yeah. touchdown average each game. They played Seattle, Dallas, and Chicago. Yeah. So all pretty, pretty good teams. Now the Jets are minus fifty-seven 
in point differential. Yeah. But we should remember they've played the Bills, the 49ers, and the Colts as well. So both coaches that are on the hot seat have played much more difficult schedules than a lot of teams. I think both of those teams, those have to be two of the more difficult schedules, three games in that anybody's played. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I would agree with that. And there's, uh, you know, I think Houston, too. If we look at Houston's schedule, they had a tough. Yeah, they've had a bit of a tough run as well. I mean, if, if you look at their schedule, the, the Texans, they've played, they played the uh, Kansas City, Baltimore, and Pittsburgh. Yeah. So that's why I'm not worried about them at 0-3. Yeah, and Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien needs to lose the general manager's job, not the head coach's job, in my mind. I think that's the problem there. I just think that's too hard these days. And, and I do, too. In the modern NFL, I don't know how you can do both. I don't believe that that is necessarily a criticism of Bill O'Brien any more than it's a criticism of uh, Bob, what's his name, who's the owner of, of the Texans. I just think you just say, listen, this, this has nothing to do with you. And 15 years ago, 20 years ago, you would have been perfectly set to have that job. It's too difficult in today's NFL. I think the first three games is too tough, except for Adam Gase, because he was already on kind of a hot seat to begin with. Um, You know, you look at point differential, and you know who has the best point differential of anyone but Baltimore right now? The San Francisco 49ers. God, you just get it in any time you can. Because they lost by three the first game, and then they played the Jets and the Giants. No, I think— So that's why three games— the, the, the schedule means everything after three games. Yeah, you know what I mean? Right. So I think we need more of a sample size. Although Adam Gase, sorry, it's the way he lost those last two games. They looked horrible against yeah. the Colts. What about they Dan Quinn? Atrocious against the 49ers. At least he was, at least he had the lead in the last two games. What's worse? I don't know what's worse. Actually. Well, you I know, mean, and you know me, that may be my bias towards making halftime adjustments. And boy, you know, there's nothing worse in my mind as a condemnation of you if you if you're up and the other team adjusts and you can't do anything. That just says you're just being out coached. Plus, he also lost a 25 point lead yes, in the Super Bowl. In the Super Bowl, oh, by the way, it's his. That's his thing right now. Just just as fair or unfair, John Madden was the guy who couldn't win the big one. And I know Madden always said, tell me which one wasn't a big one. But the bottom line is those Raider teams should have had a better postseason record than they did. They came up against some of the best teams in NFL history, but they argued that they were one of the best teams in NFL history and they had the best winning percentage. Well, and I'll tell you, they had a uh, they've had a great roster over Dan Quinn's career there. He had some great coordinators, a terrific quarterback. Uh, he had a, uh, you know, he had Kyle Shanahan. I just keep coming back to it. I'm so sorry. Uh, but he might be one of those guys, John, that is a, because he was a, he was the defensive coordinator for the Seahawks with that Legion of Boom team, yeah. with, the, with the height of that Legion of Boom team. And he may be just one of those guys. It was harder to find with this because he had a lot of success, but maybe but he's, he's one of those guys. It's like Todd Bowles, just not a good head coach in the end. But a hell of a I mean, now he's the uh, now he's the Tampa Bay defensive yeah. coordinator. I mean, yeah. it just it 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 just is like that. There's just some guys, and it's not like they're not good leaders. They're probably a better leader in terms of hands on. You know, a a uh, a head coach needs to be is so far removed from the you know rolling up your sleeves doing right. something that maybe that's just not what some coaches want. They want to get in their coat. They want to be coaching. 
Yeah. And uh, Jim Hazlitt, our old friend Jim Hazlitt said that before. And he's been a head coach. He was a he was an interim head coach, I believe, in Tennessee. He was a head coach, obviously, at New Orleans. And um, he he said it. He said it's just not as much fun. You know, Jim's kind of an intense. He likes to get in there and coach. And it's just again in this day and age, you're dealing with so many things when it comes to salary cap. And even if you're not the general manager, you're so intimately involved in that uh, part of the game as well that it's impossible to actually coach. Um, all right, let's go ahead and get our next, uh, our final our set of clues in for the progressive trivia, and then a really quick segment coming back because I'm trying to find trying to find a, you know, hour and I don't 10. think we need to. Jeff keeps telling us why do we worry about it. I know Jeff keeps, Jeff keeps telling us every single show. It's like, what are you guys stressing about about the times? Uh, don't you, Jeff? Everything. You keep t- you keep talking to us. It's just us, you know. We just need to start listening to you more, Jeff. You can, you can take a, a horse to water, but <laughs> God, if I find a nickel for every time I've heard that that someone say that to me, you can take a broken clock to water, but a horse don't drink. I love that's my that's one of my favorite characters that I we need to revisit. The guy who gets all of those sayings wrong. All right, here we go. Do you, do you know what Russ Ayers wants more of? We, What's did that? You see this. You may not have been there. I know you saw some of the Russ Air segment, and you made a couple of comments that made him laugh, even when you weren't on the show, and you, yeah. you and you were self aware enough to to say that. But uh, he wants reasonable guy. Russ Ayers and I share a lot of the same right. sensibility, sense of humor wise. He loves reasonable guy, and I think reasonable guy. Whoops, reasonable guy needs to come back. All right. Well, we'll, uh, we'll. I know, and I I actually did hear that where you were you were thinking of combining reasonable guy and angry Vin Scully. Uh, so I don't know. We may have to could you know, or, or, or just Vin Scully, who wants to, you know, cause mur- murder and mayhem. Because Lock him into the stadium and burn it to the ground. Well, right. I, don't know, uh, I mean, it was that seems <laughs> seems like a little. No, don't tell me what to say. Sandy Koufax and I went swan cruising for women on the Sunset Strip. All right. Anyway, uh, progressive trivia. I'm not uh, sure how what that has to do with burning pitch inside live people in yeah. anyway. All right, I spent ten plus years in Major League Baseball. Career numbers: two ninety five batting average, fifteen hundred plus hits, two hundred thirty plus home runs. I played with Troy Glouse and Derek Lowe, and I've won a Gold Glove. Glove. Gold Glove. Good Lord. Hello. Uh, this, that's why the show can't be that long. I can't can't hold it together for that long. Four time All Star. I hold dual citizenship. And that's not going to play well in certain areas of the country. I played 162 games in a season <laughs> twice. My postseason numbers, 286 batting average, two home runs, and two RBI. Our final set of clues, I finished second in rookie of the year voting, lost to a teammate. That's got to that's gotta be difficult, don't you think? Something like that happens. Led the NL and run scored uh, once. This guy because he's doing quite well. Apparently, I led the uh, NL and run scored onk. That should be once. Uh, I spent my whole career with one team, whole career for one team. And I finished in the top 10 for MVP four times, but I never won. And guess what? I'm going to do the same thing this season. You would agree with that, wouldn't you, Mark? Probably top five. Yeah, maybe top top three. I think he's finished finished in the top five two of those four times. Um, No, he's uh, he's quite the, uh, you know, and I can't believe he he led the – the NL and runs scored. Wong. Yeah. Wong. I, uh, that's very, very impressive. All right. Very, very quickly. As we're, I do like him as a player a lot. Yeah. As a too. human. Yeah, maybe not so much. Uh, all right. Here we go. Uh, it's, uh, 
Major League Baseball playoffs get started tomorrow. I'm very excited about it. I know you are as well with these best of three games coming up first. A little first disappointed. Yeah, Giants did not make it in. If, so. if we if we would have won last night, we lost by one run. If we would have won last night, uh, we would have been Decker in. Hoffman. It's your Gene Deckerhoff moment. We need more runs. All right, let's talk about these Tuesday. Let's just talk about these Tuesday um, uh, American League matchups. Uh, we'll talk more about baseball on Wednesday. Tommy. Uh, Tom Marino. Tom Marino. Unbelievable. Correct. Correct just with his always answer. comes in late and then just. <laughs> He's a closer. Tommy's the closer. Tommy is a closer. Tommy's he, a closer. Was, he was known as that back in the day. Was he? Very nice. Like, that doesn't dis- and he's a musician, too. Yeah. So much cooler than us. All right, here we go. Uh, the Tuesday uh, games, uh, Houston and Minnesota. Chicago and Oakland, which I think is just really, really fun. Because they kind yeah. of, you know, I have a soft spot, as do you, for the A's. Going back sure. to my amazing A's. And uh, the White Sox have just, I mean, they are as nondescript. I mean, their uniforms are black and white. They're just not. They play in a city uh, with another team that, despite the fact that they haven't had any more success and in some ways less success than the White Sox at times, are just overshadow them. But I just think that is is very cool. I mean, I think they've made the playoffs two or three times since yeah. the, since the late fifties, since they were in a World Series in nineteen fifty nine. They won in 05. They beat the Astros, but. Yeah. But they they are not a postseason team, a regular postseason. No, team. they're not. But I think they're a postseason team that could go deep this year. No, I think they've got a, they've got a good team. Jose Abreu is having a great year, and that division is just we talk about crazy good. Good, yeah. we said it all year long. They were beating really everybody was going five and five and six and four on ten game stretches because they're playing each other, and uh, it's the Pac twelve of Major League Baseball. Uh, Toronto and Tampa Bay. We talked Tampa Bay. Listen. One of the two or three best organizations in baseball, particularly in the minor league, development of stars, front office. They do a really, you got to give Kevin Cash a Tampa native. You got to give him a lot of love. He's done a great job. But they're coming up against that young Toronto team, which has, I believe, every other player on that team is the son of a former major league baseball <laughs> player. You got like, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's no, literally it's like a bunch of guys who played in the majors, lived in a cul de sac together, and got all their kids together. And 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 signed them to Toronto and are playing them. It's just you're our legacy. You're our legacy. And then uh, the Yankees in Cleveland. Do we all agree that the Yankees win this one? Probably in two games. They just own those American League Central teams in playoffs. They really do. As a rule, I mean Cleveland. It, it's tough because they're. It, it, you know how healthy are is their pitching, but the Yankees. You know, I think the Yankees are going to have to face just a really good pitching staff to be stopped because that lineup is just unbelievable. But I don't think they make it. I, I, I like I the Rays coming out of the AL. Yeah, yeah, I would say. But, but that, those series are fun. They I really mean, are. They're fun. Yankees-Cleveland. I mean, Yankees last year was Yankees-Twins. Right. And I know you hated that because you were rooting for the Yankees. We were, on, we were in New York at the time when we used to work. We were on a cruise ship. We were doing a, a gig, and we were uh, leaving New York Harbor. Um, but the Twins are, you know, I don't know what's wrong with them, but they've maybe they're paying for the fact they won two World Series in the late 80s, early 90s, where they really weren't the best team. And uh, they just can't seem to get past the first round of the playoffs. But yeah. I, I, I like the Yankees. I would love to see the Twins. I love the I love the White Sox, but I – um. I could see them getting by the A's. I really can. I think they will get by the A's. Uh, AL West wasn't a really strong division. No. I think they're better than the A's. You don't think so? I think they're better. Because the A's are notorious first-round exit uh, part team of my as well. Re- part of my feeling. 
part of my feeling as well. I like if you're asking me yeah. to pick these four and real quickly, I'll do that. Um, I like Minnesota, Chicago, Tampa Bay and the Yankees. In these first yeah. four series, I like that too. I think I would probably go with that, but remember, it's two out of three, Johnny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Two. Right. Game one is game That's five. Tough. Game one is game five. So if you think uh, of it in those terms, I know two of our regular listeners, Brian Ascari and Tom Marino, are very happy that the Giants came up short against the, the Padres last night because they yeah. did not want to see, you know, one of those series where you just have to win a series, two out of three, and you throw out the record books. With those kind of uh, old rivalries, I don't think the Dodgers are going to have any problems with the Brewers. All right, so right, we'll, we'll talk about that on uh, Wednesday. Yeah, we'll talk about that on Wednesday. Can't can't wait. Uh, real quickly into college football. Uh, obviously, we mentioned the Oklahoma upset, which I think pretty much. Well, we'll see. Texas was number eight again. They played a shootout with Texas Tech. Um, is that indicative of who they are? And if they are, are they going to be that team that gets in because they want a Big Twelve? They're the Big Twelve champion, and then they just get boat raced by somebody. I don't know. I know Sam Ellinger, their quarterback, is very, very good. That was a heck of a fun game to watch, but I don't know that that's the type of team that I trust in a playoff situation. Uh, your top five are Clemson, Alabama, Florida, Georgia, and Notre Dame. Notre Dame, of course, not playing because of the, the, the game against Wake Forest due to the COVID. Uh, that'll be a makeup game a little bit later on in the season. Um, Miami sits at number 12, by the way, after the 52-10 victory over Florida State. I think the Hurricanes could move up the board pretty quickly this season with the Eric uh, King, I believe. The quarterback. I love, I love King. He looks tremendous. And he had a great career at Houston. Yes, he did. He, it was like he and Kyler Murray, yep. basically, right? Yeah. And he decided to stay and transfer. I love him. I think every now and then his accuracy could could be tweaked a little bit. Yep. But to me, he is he is a force. The only difference is- with this Miami team that worries me a little bit is what they were always known for was speed, and what they are now is they're big. I mean, their linebackers are no longer the you know east to west linebackers. They are the north to south punch you in the mouth team. I worry about that up against um, some speed teams obviously florida state is a mess um they weren't without their head coach they've had like three head coaches in the last like 11 months or something i mean it's just it's 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 a tire fire over there so we don't 100 know about miami um but i think they they could be a dark horse um, i like i like the hurricanes a lot as do i yeah as do i uh shout out to mississippi state um, costello 600 yards in his first game John, even uh, what is his name? Corral or Coral, the Coral. Ole Miss quarterback. Yeah, was was now now you know you guys have some locking down to do with your pass defense with the Florida with the doesn't Gators. have a great pass defense. But that's true. That quarterback looked great. Your quarterback looked great. Trask. There's I don't know the last time there were this many really fun, great looking quarterback. SEC is not really known for their quarterback play, right? And it is fun this year. It is really a blast to see. Yeah, yeah. Ole Miss showing signs. I think that they're on the right track. Mississippi State, again, let's remember, LSU sent seven starters to the NFL from that national championship game, including Joe Burrow, who really barely got a mention on this show. But we should say he is still playing really well. I kind of agree with Joe Connolly, who chimed in earlier, that those Bengals remind him a little bit of the uh, uh-huh. the early Troy Aikman Cowboys. 80, 89. 
90. Yeah, the Cowboys with great quarterback play, but, you know, not all the pieces in place, learning to play together. So uh, I'm not terribly surprised. Surprised it was Mississippi State, and they put up 44. Um, But I think what you're seeing is that the – the SEC is evolving into an air raid type of a, a, a conference. I'm sorry, 623 yards in your first game yeah. as a starter for but Mississippi you, State. Yeah, 623 yards over two games, your first two games starting, and you're, and you're a legend at some schools. Seriously. I mean, Seriously. honestly. That, I, it was a really fun Saturday in terms of that. Really was. I like Florida. I like your team a lot, though, John, too. Thank you. Big 10 gets started uh, on the 24th, uh, eight game season and a championship. So nine games for whomever wins that thing. Um, Pac-12 gets started November 6th. I think they're playing a seven game schedule, Mark. I'm not 100 percent sure whether that is a seven game. I know we're I know we're at 115, but I want to ask your opinion. And I do want to ask Jeff's opinion on this. Okay, Um, Nana, you didn't see this because you were working Friday. Um she said they they kowtowed. They uh, they caved. They caved. Those were the those were Nana's words. Yeah. And I thought, what are you talking about? What what's the problem? I mean, y- y- I mean, obviously, back to school and back to college, and there's been a, a spike in cases and so forth. But we know from all the science that those kids, as long as they don't spread it to folks that are have either comorbidities or are, you know, 70 plus. I don't want to say 60 plus because that's the actual cutoff line because that's because <laughs> in five days, four yeah. days, I'm, you know, You're high risk. in that. You're high risk. Five <laughs> days to I'm, high risk. I think I've been high risk for a while, but that's well, okay. I, we all agree with that, yes. Uh, but I don't know. I like the fact that they're out there trying to get it done. I told you this. I, I think we should try and figure out a way to get through this thing Yeah. as opposed to run away from it. And I... I just think they I, – I, and you know me. I have a huge prejudice toward the West Coast and everything about that. California, Pac-12. I think they were a day late and a dollar short on this thing, Johnny. Well, I think, again, I you know, I always said uh, if I were going to be in these decision-making process, I would err on the side of safety, certainly. I don't disagree with you, though, about working through things. Uh, I think we saw with Major League Baseball initially, once people realized how important the protocols were, they've done really, really well. Um, I think we've seen that. Uh, we certainly in the NHL, we saw the same thing. The NBA, the couple of times, you know, it was just so obvious what people had done using poor common sense caused the problems. Um, so, yeah, I think probably the decision was made too early to con- to consistently say just we're or to say concretely we're, we're not going to play. Um, I do think that that was what they wanted to avoid. And I don't think this is wrong. And again, we're, we're navigating something that we're not used to navigating. So I don't want to kill people on it is I think they didn't want to just keep going week to week or whatever and saying, well, you know, let's hold off. Let's hold off. Let's hold off. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm glad they're back at it as well. I don't know that the Pac-12 playing a seven-game schedule can work their way into a playoff. I think the only way that happens is if somebody goes undefeated. I think Oregon's going to be your highest-ranked team coming in. I think they're ranked somewhere in the top 12 or 13 in, in the poll that I saw today. Um, they would have to go undefeated, and you'd have to have a lot of two-loss teams. I think you'd have to, you know, it, it would require a lot to get them in. But that notwithstanding, I think getting out there and playing is important. And, and how many of us think any Pac-12 team would have gotten into the playoff anyway? They just don't. They don't ever go undefeated. Anymore. They might have a better chance this year playing fewer games. Jeff, what's your take on the Pac-12? 
I'm not getting pulled into this disagreeing with Nana thing. They kowtowed. That that being said, that, that look being at you. See, said, I was trying to divide and conquer you two. I was trying. <laughs> that that being said, it would have been difficult for them to be the only major conference to not play football this year. So yep. I agree. That's why they kowtowed. Yeah, I agree. Look and there's, Jeff, and listen, follow look the money. Those, there's money. Look in at those too. diplomacy skills. Yep, man. Very, very nicely done. By the way, Joe Conley chiming in. You UCF looked great. That's outstanding. That's a. Uh, Enjoy yourselves. Oh, All right, let's uh, let's give just, you the answer. You you, you are truly a college football. They're not getting elitist. into the playoff. They're not you are getting a college into the football elitist. What if they go undefeated and their margin of victory is forty with every game they've played? Do they have? Do they get a shot? Do they get the All America Bowl? You are such a college football elitist. You really I are. am. Yes, I am. 100%. I completely Damn. admit. Now, it's interesting because I was, you, you know me, I was so behind Boise State back in the day. And I, yeah. But I just, and it might have something to do with living here and having gone to Florida. And we work with a lot of UCF people. And uh, frankly, I, I, I thought it was a, I, I thought it was a vocational school for just until like last year. I honestly, I didn't, I didn't realize it was a school. That was a vocational school. I, I'm sorry. And there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, right now, I wish I'd had a vocational education. Really? If I Me were too. a plumber, All I'd have a us. career. For God's Seriously, sake. If, if, if I could, you, you work well with your hands. And, I do. And you could probably earn a living if you would have, you know, done that back in the day. I probably wouldn't. I would have gone to vocational school and probably, you know, flunked out of that as well. But, you know, whatever. Yeah, you, you, it's you not are. a vocational school. It's the biggest school. I think the biggest school in terms of student body oh, in, in, the, uh, in the entire country. And I know that you and just they play hate, some good football and you just hate the whole local scene kind of thing. Oh, you see, you know, you hate all that stuff. I get it. I get it. We made fun of that forever. But who looks bad now? Who looks uh, silly now? That's a good point. All right. Let's get uh, the answer to this progressive trivia and then we'll get out of here later than I had hoped. But again, apparently it doesn't matter. Apparently it just no, doesn't matter. I trust Jeff. I don't think it matters. All right, here we go. I've spent 10-plus seasons in the majors. Career numbers, excuse me, 295 batting average, 1,500-plus hits, 230-plus home runs. I played with Troy Glaus and Derek Lowe, and I won a gold glove. I'm a four-time All-Star. I hold dual citizenship, booing from certain sections. I've played 162 <laughs> games in a season twice. Postseason numbers, 286 batting average, two home run, two RBI. I finished second for the Rookie of the Year to a teammate. I led the NL and runs scored once. Whole career for one team. I finished in the top 10 for MVP four times, but never won. And I'm going to do the same thing this year. And the answer is, drumroll, Freddie Freeman. He's just a very, very good baseball player. No doubt about it. And, and it, he's so consistent. Yeah. Now, those numbers seem lower than you would think because he seems to have been around for at least a decade. And it's probably close to a decade. But uh, it is a decade. That was the first clue. Um, Eleven years. But if he's if he can hang in for another eight, or at least six on that level, I think he'll have some numbers. I think that, his uh, first season too that he gets credit for. He didn't. He he was only up. He was up for a while, and he, yeah. he gets a year's credit for it. But I I don't think he played as as much. So I think it really is a solid ten years. Who won the rookie the of the year? Craig Kimbrell. Oh, okay. Yeah. How about that? I tell you, that's, you know, we talk about major. I, I love, I think, what's that? Wasn't he a rookie the same year as Jason Hayward, too? Uh, that I don't know. I just know that he finished second. They had Kimbrell, uh, Hayward, and Freeman as rookies in the same year. The Braves have, for the last 30 years, had a great farm system and had great rosters yeah. as a rule. 
That's what I was going to say. You know, and, and between they, Atlanta they and Tampa, more, they should have a lot more championships. Yes, they well. should. Between Atlanta and Tampa, I mean, in National League and American League, you're hard pressed to find two better organizations for uh, uh, both drafting talent and then, and more importantly, um, what they can do with them in the minor leagues and how they uh, how they groom their talent. I think they do a great job. So, yes, the great Freddie Freeman, Mark, and I mentioned because we, we've had less than successful interactions with Freddie at Atlanta Braves spring training. But you know what? He also, Freddie, was to say this, Freddie had COVID early, if you remember. He actually had it. Um, and uh, it's uh, certainly certainly glad that he's he's feeling well. The Braves back in the playoffs. We'll talk more about the National League because it's that's really, really fun. Um, maybe more so than the uh, American League for me. All right. Uh, before we get out of here, uh, Ron Renneke will not be back. As the as the manager of the uh, of, of the Boston Red Sox, and I for one cannot be happier about. It. I know you. You hate. know my feelings. You do about you Ron Renicky. Ron Renicky. So Ron Renicky. So does Vince Gully. Vince Gully does Renneke's not. Family hates. Well, anyway, we used to do world long things. exploration. They hate world traveling. They, they hate. They murdered Magellan. Yeah, it was, it's look it up, people. Google it. Now, uh, anything else, Mark? Yes, you feel Joe, we need to talk about. Joe has asked, and Jeff has highlighted the comment. Uh, what's our picks for tonight? And I think it's what three point five. Uh, Baltimore's favorite three point five. That's a tough line. I like Baltimore tonight. I think they're going to win. I don't know if they're going to cover. That's my problem. Yeah, uh, but but I do think they win the game. I think uh, Lamar Jackson, you know, I, I, I hate to say it this way. I don't mean to categorize it so black and white, but I think he's maybe a better regular season quarterback than, than Patrick Mahomes is. Now, it's the two, the two most recent MVPs. Yeah. So, and Patrick Mahomes was hurt last year for four or five games. So I'm just uh, going to, but I like Baltimore. I like Baltimore in this game. And, and I'm going to go ahead and say they cover. Okay, I'm I'm really just going to talk Baltimore, and I know home field doesn't mean as much now, but the game is in Baltimore. If we're in Kansas City, I'd probably feel otherwise. Fans or no fans, just you know the consistency of being at home versus away. I think they're the two best teams in the AFC by far. I, I think it's a great game. I, I would agree with you. Certainly up to this point, um, uh, Lamar has shown he is a better regular season quarterback, and Patrick Mahomes has certainly shown he's a better postseason quarterback. But for me, they're a bit of a pick em if you're talking about starting a team at this point. I think it's going to be a good game. I like uh, I like Baltimore. I think they'll probably cover, though, again, this is not one I would lay a bet down. Should uh, point out, Tom Marino uh, pointing out, and he is correct about this, Freddie Freeman did have some injury years, so it's part of the reason his numbers aren't uh, aren't quite as uh, high as you might think. He also had needed glasses and then had to adjust to the glasses once, uh, once he finally found a, a good prescription. There you go. There you go. So that's it. If, Mark, if he has six or seven more seasons like he's had. Hall of Famer. I think he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I agree with you. I Be- agree with you. Because he's been one of the best first basemen of his generation for, you know, it, by then it'll be a, a good portion of 20 years. So Yes. And that was the 162 game thing, people, is that Mark's like, well, he's playing first base. How hard is it? But that, look at that, how many first basemen played 162 games. That's what it was. And I, you didn't want me to give it away. But, yeah, you know, you're just standing there. You're not moving around. <laughs> You're not running into people aren't running into you like the catcher. You're not but, uh, squatting. But but I but I've never played first base. It's really easy. Tell him, Wash. It's incredibly hard. It's one of my favorite moments in Moneyball when they do that. And who is it? It's Chris uh, Pratt, and he's playing um, former catcher that they ended up putting at first. And that's the whole thing. Is the good thing is Chris 
or the good thing is we don't want you at catcher. We want you at first, but I've never played first base. It's really easy. Tell him, Wash. It's incredibly hard. I just love that. Love I have that. I, I think I've only seen that movie one time. I've seen it like twice today. I'm obsessed with it. I think I need to see that movie again. Oh, it's so well done. And it's yeah. one of those. And it's, um, is it Sorkin? Did Sorkin write it? Uh, it's that's. I, I want to say no, but it has that sort of, you know, witty Vibe. banter, witty repartee that you would expect. But it is if, if you read the book and I did read Michael Lewis's book, Moneyball, you, you don't read that and think, oh, screenplay. But they did a great job. It, it is really, really fun. And uh, and again, I hope I'm wrong about the A's. I'll, I will say that I am. I have a rooting interest for the A's. I would love nothing more than to see them have some postseason success. All right. Anything else before we get out of here? I know because we don't have to worry about the time. I'm throwing a potpourri out to you. Any any more San Francisco stuff that you want to you want to jump on, Mark? No, I don't think so. I like the fact that uh, I I love the NBA matchup. We talked about that yeah. uh, recently, and I think uh, I'll tell you it's it's amazing the LeBron. Um, the folks that don't like LeBron just have such a hard time giving him any benefit of any doubt. He had 38.16 rebounds and 10 assists, and he had 16 points in the fourth quarter, and they still can't they still can't give him the love. Uh, if he gets another Finals MVP for a third team, yeah, and wins the championship for a third team, I don't know. He I mean, who should not be named, Skip Bayless, uh, was arguing Paul Pierce was a better player today. So that's what no, it's come I, to. I heard it. it, it, it's, it's, it it's the most stupidest thing. Hockey it is, culture, shut up, you idiot. It is It is actually what's wrong with, with the uh, world. It, it, well, it's fine to keep it in sports because we can call out absurdity as it is. If you're in a huge anti-LeBron bubble and you just and refuse to listen to any reason or any facts or any comparisons that are meritous, that's fine. It's sports. Who cares? But that mentality, unfortunately, has gone into everything else in yeah. this country, culturally and politically. And that's where that's where we have a problem. And I would argue that let's look at sports. Let's look at how idiotic people are in sports with their takes. And let's celebrate that. And bring and say, let's just come on in. We welcome all idiotic points of view. Come on in, say whatever you want, and then we can keep it within the world of sports and we can all be much more reasonable when it comes to debating culture or debating politics. Because right. that's the only thing we're lacking in this country, John. Again, yes, the what or the why and a couple of issues with left and right. Sorry, dude. Sorry. You asked. Just, you asked. You asked. Yeah, I think I asked you about you asked. Paul Pierce being better. I know. I know. Go ahead. Go ahead. You said potpourri. Yeah, I did. The first two letters of potpourri are P-O. So um, I would say, John, that it's not about the what, what or the why really anymore. Yes, with a couple of sacred cow issues it is. But it's all about the how. Who doesn't want better schools? Who doesn't want infrastructure? Who doesn't want to be safe? Who doesn't want health care that is affordable? Who doesn't want, and everyone wants those things. And it's just the how. Who doesn't want to have a strong economy? It's the how, and that's the thing. We, we have to get back to that, but we don't because we have a sports mentality. We are all a bunch of 
Elliot Bayless is out there screaming at the wind and at the moon about our opinions, and it's a joke. You listen to him. He's a joke at this point when it comes to somehow trashing LeBron. How do you trash LeBron James at this point in time? No Paul it's Pierce. It's a joke. He's no Paul Pierce. That's all we're saying. He's Sorry. no Paul Pierce. By the way, Tom Marino. It was all me talking about LeBron. It was all me talking about LeBron. I know. Tom Marino. Scott Hatterberg. Scott Hatterberg was the uh, was the guy who uh, went to play first. And it was uh, Aaron Sorkin and Steve Zalian who wrote the screenplay for uh, Moneyball. If you haven't seen it, we highly recommend it. Uh, all right. That's it. defense in here before you go. Okay. Paul Pierce, pretty good player. Yeah. And good yeah. stars. <laughs> and, and what? What do you say? Go stars! Yes, go, go stars! Game game six. Um, go lightning! Go Rays! Go Bucks! I think. <laughs> Nothing against Jeff. Uh, com- but they're you know an hour and a half down the road. You're cow towing. You really are. You're, you're cow towing. <laughs> By the way, did Nana trash me? She did, didn't she? No, nope. uh, well, here. the only thing she said is somehow John is still the center of attention, and he's not even here. Yeah, yeah. If I would have been here, but it was not a it was not a full frontal trash. It was just a side eye. You know what I mean? Well, it's because I wasn't here. If I'd have been here, I'd have to defend myself against. Do you remember, John, when you failed algebra in the seventh grade? And I'm like, I didn't even know you in the seventh grade. That was Mark. Couldn't have been my Mark. Good Lord. I mean, that's what I would have been accused of. All right. That's it. No more. I am done. I went an hour and a half. I feel horrible about it. I'll, I'll I feel shame and I'll continue to feel shame. Wednesday, we will be back. We will have Major League Baseball playoffs to talk about, uh, both completed games and a full slate. of games will be going on on Wednesday because uh, I think first game is at 2 o'clock. So we'll have live look-ins, live look-ins from the 2 o'clock game. All right. We'll figure that out, that technology. We'll go We'll go to a live game. I think I think we can do it. <laughs> Fairly, I'm sure that's breaking any number of rules. But, again, <laughs> if anybody would notice us breaking rules, that would be the greatest moment in the history yes. of this Yes. All right. For Jeff Taylor, Mark Ferrer, I'm John Pelkey. Thanks for listening, everybody. Take care.